I think we explore Hawaii and have that kind of innocent mindset as to like, oh, wow, this place is like really cool. I want to take a cool photo and I'm going to post it for my friends to see. And I think that's kind of how it all starts. But everyone who is born and raised here, everyone who isn't aware of the like environmental issues coming out of school, I think we just do it in an innocent manner. That's a clip from today's interview with Maddie, Leon, and Spencer Lee from the island of Oahu. If you follow us on Instagram at hawaii's.best, you've seen us share quite a few of their images. Though they are both professional photographers from the island of Oahu, they offer their insight on how to enjoy the best of Hawaii responsibly. In our conversation, you'll learn some of the best tips to having and enjoying Hawaii's pristine environment and how you can help even on your vacation in helping keeping it beautiful for generations to come. So stay tuned for this one. They even offer some of their best iPhone photography tips in capturing some of your memories on the islands. So here we go. Aloha. Welcome to Hawaii's Best Travel Podcast, where we help you prepare for your next trip to Hawaii. Discover the experiences, businesses, and stories that make Hawaii the Aloha State. And now your host, Brian Murphy. Aloha and welcome to episode 34 of Hawaii's Best, where we help prepare you for your next trip to Hawaii. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, the owner of Hawaii's Best. And on our podcast, we help offer travel tips and guides to get the most out of your stay on the islands. And today we're going to be talking more about that with Spencer and Maddie from Oahu. Now on the island of Oahu, there's so many things to experience. And one of the best things to experience is food. And as a self-proclaimed foodie, I love a good meal, but I also love a place that's filled with history. I love how dishes became to be and how small business owners turned their passion into a business. And at Hawaii's Best, we compiled our top 10 best places to eat on the island of Oahu. And we made that guide available to you for free, obviously. So go to hawaiisbesttravel.com slash food guide to download your guide today for our top 10 places to eat on the island of Oahu. Go to hawaiisbesttravel.com slash food guide. As you'll discover in our conversation today with Maddie and Spencer, you'll hear their love for Hawaii and you'll hear their love for being out in nature. And I think that's one of the most important things when you're going to any of the islands is, yeah, if you're staying at a resort or if you're lounging by the pool, that's all good. But it's important to experience the best of Hawaii. And the best of Hawaii is really just getting out there and exploring. Maddie and Spencer share their best tips in how to do that responsibly, but also how to make incredible memories while doing it. Over the last year or so, these guys have become friends of mine. And I hope that as you listen to our conversation, you'll be able to hear their heart and love for the islands. As we talk a little bit, joke a little bit, what we want to get across in this is that anytime you travel anywhere, we're talking about Hawaii, obviously, but anytime you travel to any place or even around your community, it's important to be mindful of the impact that we're making. We just want to be mindful of the impact we're making to the environment around us, to the people around us. So as we dive deeper into this conversation today, I hope you find value in it. And I hope you're dreaming of Hawaii right now. I don't have any updates about when Hawaii will reopen. Right now, it's set for August 1st. But as of this date, I am recording this on July 10th. There's talks about possibly pushing that date back. So just stay tuned about all that. But let's push that aside right now. And we know that one day we'll get to travel to Hawaii again. And I just, 
I can't wait to share this conversation with you. So let's go ahead and let's talk story with Maddie and Spencer from Oahu. Well, Spencer, Maddie, thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best today. How are you guys doing? And maybe Spencer, let's start with you. Oh, hey, Brian. Thanks for having me back on. I was one of the beginning guests that you had on this podcast. And I remember it's good to be back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think last time I was uh, still in nursing school, I just graduated, just got my nursing license, and I'm just looking for jobs right now. So just chilling, shooting, taking it easy for a little bit. Still trying to hit up Maddie to go shoot, but he's busy. So, (laughs) well, awesome, man. Hey, congratulations. I remember when we were talking. You were like in the middle of this cramming. I think we had like 20 or 30 minutes in that conversation. You're like, I, I got this, is, you know, I just got this small amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> how is, uh, <laughs> obviously finishing that now, but how has your your time been getting out there uh, shooting? How has that been lately? Um, it's been pretty, pretty relaxed. The thing is about summertime is that sunrise is so early now. So it's like I'm waking up at 4.30 every morning to... <laughs> To, to shoot. And then sunset is so late. Yeah, a lot of naps during the daytime, a lot of coffee. But yeah, in general, it's it's a lot less stressful. I can just do whatever. If I feel like going to going to, on a hike or feel like I'm to sleep in or even stay up late to shoot Milky Way, it's, it's nice. <laughs> nice not to have projects and, and things to take care of. That's cool. Maddie, what about you, man? Um, I know you and I, we've connected a little bit these last few months, but... Tell us a little bit about yourself and what, uh, what's life currently like for you. Hey, Brian. Um, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really stoked to be here. What's life been going on? It's uh, <laughs> I was on lockdown for the past month and a half, I'd say, throughout April and May, just because I, uh, I'm still living with my parents and I wanted to respect uh, like their health um, with everything going on. But recently, we just got the okay to kind of go outdoors. So I've been taking advantage of that. We've, my girlfriend and I have been going outside every single day. Either we're shooting for a brand or we're shooting surf for fun or we're just making connections. Kind of just taking it easy during this time, taking things uh, day by day just because I feel like there's just a lot of crazy things happening when we go on social media. I'm trying to stay off of it a lot, but also trying to stay proactive at the same time, just because photography is my full-time job. So still trying to find that healthy balance. But yeah, everything's going well. I'm just taking photos whenever I can. I'm, I'm doing a few jobs here and there for some clients. And um, yeah, just taking it easy and day by day. That's all I can ask for. Absolutely. Now, did you grow up on Oahu? Yeah, I was um, born and raised here in Kaneohe. And I guess a little bit more background. I went to college at UH, University of Hawaii. I graduated in business with two degrees. It's not very, it's not a thing, but it's cool. I think it's cool looking back on it. Um, and I'm 25 years old. Yeah. So obviously with the landscape, especially over on the uh, east side, you know, picking up a camera seems pretty natural. But how'd you start? What was your photography journey? I started looking at like pictures in my office when I was working at an eight to five job. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with eight to five jobs. But yeah, I was just looking at pictures on Instagram once it started getting popular, once people started posting a lot of like landscape stuff. I was overhearing a lot of people like that I graduated with just realizing like, oh man, I did not expect like work outside of college to be like this. 
in business. It's because it's because like after you graduate business, you kind of have to start from the bottom and kind of just work in an office in your little cubicle, sure. which is not a bad thing. But for someone who's like adventurous and free spirited, it can kind of be. <laughs> It kind of it can kind of feel like restricting, but yeah, for me, like I thought that was kind of what I wanted to do, and then I don't know, I just wanted to have more fun in life, and I found I I like loved surf and I loved shooting my friends surfing, so that's kind of how I started on the like getting on Instagram. If you scroll down my profile, you'll definitely see some old old surf photos, and then it kind of just evolved from there. Like I. Constantly, every day, was wishing I was outside, like taking photos, creating cool content. And then pretty soon, I I left my job and took a leap of faith and worked at this place called Hawaii Camera. That's kind of where I met Spencer, kind of where I got familiar and comfortable with camera equipment and gear because all day we would just kind of help out customers and play with equipment. So it was really fun. And then I left Hawaii Camera. I went back to another job and then I kind of just saved up my money to finally go full-time. And then in 2019, August, I went full-time photography. That's great, man. That's a huge leap right there. Now, both of you guys, and and we'll definitely leak your guys' Instagram accounts within the show notes, but both of you guys have gained uh, quite a bit of popularity with a lot of your photos. What's it like being shouted out from huge Instagram accounts, you know, like million plus, like, what is that? Does that mean anything? Does it encourage you? Does it Spencer? Yeah, what is that? Spencer, Spencer knows how it feels like to be shouted out by million plus <laughs> accounts. <laughs> so I, I have a lot to say about, about feature pages and benefits and the drawbacks of being featured and growing in popularity. So initially, when you're first starting to uh, gain your following, when you're trying to really define yourself as an artist and grow a presence on social media. Feature pages like yourself, Brian, they're super helpful to like get eyes on your work. Especially if you're somebody like Maddie who works full-time in photography and really relies on the more eyeballs on your work, driving sales and building clients and building relationships. I definitely think that that's super important. And Feature pages can be so helpful in that sense. But the drawback, at least for me and the way that I see it, is that feature pages are only taking one particular or a few specific types of images and showcasing it. So the world sees or the bigger audience sees your work just as those one or two shots. And when people start to follow you, they expect those one or two similar shots. So I would say personally, like for me, people, the shots that blow up the most for me are like those really clear water shots or super saturated pictures of a green mountain in the background with Maddie modeling in the foreground. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially, if you're just on Instagram and you're just using photography to build a social media following, get likes, get all of those reshares and grow in popularity then yeah, it kind of puts you into this creative box and you only create content that fits your quote-unquote standard for what your page quote-unquote should be according to social media. And you don't actually explore what ticks you creatively or what you find to be interesting in, in a creative sense. So recently, I've just been trying to kind of pull myself away from you know using photography as a way to grow on social media and to try and 
explore different types of landscape photography and other forms of photography to that I find interesting or that interests me uh, and focusing less on what types of images are going to be popular or get all the likes and get shared on social media. So I'm sure it's kind of like this weird catch 22. Like on one hand, it's great to have, you know, these shots that you've put so much time and effort in and even, you know, back in post-production work in, and then posting it. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sure on one hand, it's really gratifying getting those likes, getting those comments and like, you know, that's art, right? Right. And then on, on the other hand, there's this kind of mind game that happens with, well, I have to produce this in, in order to get X. And so it's this kind of mind shift thing that I'm sure is, can be limiting, you know, Maddie, what about you? As far as the creative process and in, in what you post, can you resonate with what Spencer's saying? Yeah, I think um, for me, when I was starting out, everyone wants to grow on Instagram, right? Everyone wants to get more followers um, just because I feel like more followers kind of brings either more opportunity or if, you know, or something else. Yeah, it's definitely hard because I used to post for these featured pages to hopefully notice me and repost me. Like I would refrain from posting something that I like to posting something with a palm tree or something with a rainbow, or I would go out of my way to <laughs> to up the colors on my photo just because this page does the colors on their on their photos. This is what they like. They don't like too much clarity or, or you know too much sharpness. So yeah, I think you can kind of get lost in it. I think when starting out, it's good because it kind of pushes you to work for these types of photos and and pushes your limits with editing. But when you get to a certain point of like, okay, I want to do this full time now. Like I want to be shooting for these specific brands or like, I want to be shooting this specific industry or lifestyle. I noticed that you have to be posting things like tailored towards that specific industry and lifestyle. If you want to get jobs with those types of companies, because like if I want to shoot a lot of more like surfing and underwater stuff, I have to post more surfing and underwater <laughs> versus a lot more of like drone and landscape because then people won't or those companies won't be able to see what I can do underwater or what I can do like for surfing or stuff like that. So that's kind of like my two cents on it. It's good when you're starting out. I think it helps you like understand the industry of like editing and, and color and the color wheel and proper themes and ideas of shots that are like cool to get but once you kind of like integrate yourself more into the industry or more into photography and video definitely express yourself because you can get lost in the likes and the engagement it is cool but then you're kind of it it only lasts for a day (laughs) until your next post and then you know what what's going to be paying for you know your camera equipment or stuff like that so yeah it's just finding a nice healthy balance that's that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think that photography, just like any other art form, is you have to start and you have to learn by emulating the style and by emulating the great work of others. So like I know Maddie and I really looked to a lot of big creatives here in Hawaii and tried to really emulate their style because we saw all of their photos being shared on feature pages and all that. And that's good to start off because you really learn to develop the eye for it. You learn how to post-process similar to how everybody, all the popular pages are doing. But once you reach a certain point, you eventually have to start to create your own style and your own work. 
And similarly to like, if you're trying to learn how to play the guitar, you start off by playing all of the popular music. And then once you master the craft of guitar playing, then you can go and create your own music. I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, for me, that resonates. I mean, I've played guitar my entire life and I started playing you know, Nirvana during like the grunge era stuff. And then like, yeah, you, you span off and like, okay, who am I as an artist and, and what, what are these gifts and how do I uniquely get those out to the world? But right. even beyond that, it's, it's this more satisfying of being true to yourself, of being true to who have you been created to be and who you, what's your expression. Also what's behind these posts too and maybe this leads into kind of our conversation more today about conservation is it's one thing to post um, a photo and edit it in the way, knowing you're going to get likes. And that particular photo just goes crazy, right? And then people want to emulate that. And that in itself can have some negative connotations in that it draws more people to a location that is meant to have very little traffic. And I get a kick sometimes, you know, I'll read comments and I'll get DMs. And I'm sure you guys get way more than I do about where exactly was this location and what beach is this? What spot is that? What hike is that? But it's so much more than that. And maybe you guys can speak into that a little bit. I get a kick sometimes, you know, I'll do it once in a while. You, you'll tag a location like Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in Waikiki, I just think <laughs> McDonald's or whatever, Starbucks. And I just think that's just so funny. But maybe you guys can speak into that a little bit, just about the the draw to specific sacred spots that aren't meant to have a lot of foot traffic. It's definitely hard. I think right when social media started, right when all of us, us kids, you know, picked up a camera, uh, started learning how to drive. I think we explore Hawaii and have that kind of innocent mindset as to like, oh, wow, this place is like really cool. I want to take a cool photo and I'm going to post it for my friends to see. And I think that's kind of how it all starts. But everyone who is born and raised here, everyone who isn't aware of the like environmental issues coming out of school, I think we just do it in an innocent manner. And then only now are we like, being pointed out or being called out like, hey, like this is kind of this place kind of has more meaning to it, you know, be more aware, be more mindful. Like I find myself learning from other people all the time because I only know what I know from school and I went to school for business. I did not go to school for, you know, Hawaiian history or environmentalism. But it doesn't mean that I can't do my research. So for me that's kind of how it started, you know, just going to a cool place, posting it and then realizing like, oh wow, there's like 10, 20, 30 people asking where this this place is. Let me give it to a few friends and then a few friends go there and post it and then now, you know, now it's a very popular spot. And it's like, dang, was that because of me or you know, word just gets around. Um you just got to be aware and mindful and you know, if these spots are like photographer's favorite places to go because they feel some sense of peace or very emotional attachment to it, then then write it in your caption to kind of leave it like better than you found it or write something that people can like look at and be like, okay, it's my job if I come here to be aware of these things, you know, that way it's not like your fault that you were, were the first one to blow up this place, I guess, because they got a lot of likes on Instagram. Like you did your due diligence. Now it's like, 
the people who are coming to visit to do their due diligence too and take care of the place and make sure that they're aware of like where they're stepping, what they're leaving behind, the impacts that it can have. Yeah, that's well said. Spencer, what about you? Yeah, so I grew up with the conservation mind in place as, as a child. So I always, you know, going out and making sure that I pack out whatever I pack in was kind of like common sense. But, you know, I'm not the only person that visits, you know, very sensitive locations. And a lot of people who are going to these sensitive locations are not being as concerned about whether or not they pick up their own trash, whether or not they respect the people who are living in that neighborhood by not like, for example, if you're, if you're in a neighborhood by a popular hiking trail by not wiping off the mud in their yard or using their hoses to, you know, wash off afterwards. Social media has a very powerful way of impacting the environment. And it's only something that people, I think, are starting to realize. Because when one shot goes viral, then every, every photographer on, on the island, for example, would want to go and chase the exact same shot. And regardless of whether or not the photographer or the creative shares that location, people are going to do their best and try their hardest to find it. And once that location, quote unquote, goes viral, then you have everybody flocking to that location. And then it only takes one or two groups of people to ruin that location by leaving a bunch of trash, destroying something that was not meant to, you know, hold particular weight, like if they're standing on a, on a rock or a tree branch, stuff like that. And I think that if we're going to be sharing these spots and sharing these there are artwork essentially we should be at least taking a little bit of the responsibility of trying to educate people who do see that image on how to go to certain certain locations in a responsible way having the respect to the photographer to the creative if they are not comfortable with sharing a particular location due to the fact that it's just very sensitive to overcrowding or very sensitive to trash like for example certain beaches are not maintained by the state so if somebody leaves their trash and doesn't pick it back up then nobody will until somebody else picks it up for them so Waikiki is maintained very well Ala Moana is maintained very well but a lot of beaches on the island are not Waikiki or Ala Moana those are the types of beaches that people want to go to to get away from crowds native people and the people who are inspiring others to get out to place that or remind people of conservation and remind people to do the right thing while they're out there. And so that not only are, you know, we leave this place beautiful for our future generations, but we leave it safe for everybody else and safe for like the wildlife. We don't just use nature as just for our own personal gain. So at the time of this recording, I mean, we're about 30 days away from August 1st. That means starting August 1st, Trans-Pacific travel will be opened up. Granted that someone can show proof of a negative COVID-19 test and not having a quarantine for 14 days. So that means that about 30 days from now, there's going to be people hopping on a plane and heading to uh, the islands. So we have this kind of window just to uh, be able to have this conversation and talk about someone who's coming to the islands. Now, what are your guys is just in, in light of all that and in, in light of people kind of starting to come back slowly to vacation, 
what are your guys' thoughts on Hawaii opening up August 1st? I think it's a good thing for our state, I guess, economically. I feel like a lot of small businesses and local businesses are still kind of closed or, you know, they're still looking for more customers just because not a lot of people are out spending money. Um, you know, unfortunately, Hawaii is like thrives. Our economy thrives off of tourism, right? Um, it's just what it is. So I, I think in a sense, it's okay. I, you know, I have to, I have to trust, which is very hard, but I have to trust <laughs> that our state is going to do the right thing. You know, if people are testing negative, then I don't necessarily see, from my point of view right now, I don't see a problem. Yeah, I don't see a problem. I think it'll definitely help. I just hope that people are still very aware of like, that we have families here and that we have communities here and we all like there's there's local people that call this place home you know so when you're coming here it's like we're stoked that you're here we're stoked that you want to experience Hawaii and that you want to kind of like escape or have a vacation and just have fun but also just remember that there are people that live here too you know but we have communities here we have small businesses and families and kids that grow up here just be mindful and aware of that when you're kind of going around and taking photos and going to eat at these places, you know, it'll help small businesses kind of come back up and up and running. And I think it's going to be what it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Spencer, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think for the economics, it's it's about time, right? Like right. our economy has been down. And if we continue to, you know, remain shut down, we're going to have loss of jobs, uh, permanent loss of homes for people because it's very expensive to live here in Hawaii. So I think opening up is a, is a great thing. Now, coming from a health standpoint, again, travelers should be mindful of the fact that, yes, we are paradise, but we still have vulnerable people here. We still have people who are immunosuppressed. We still have the elderly population. None of their the quote-unquote social distancing practices should go out the window just because you're on vacation here. You should still be wearing your mask. You should still be washing your hands. Very often, carry a bottle of hand sanitizer with you. I guess kind of like a little bit of a concern for me is that the fact that we don't have enough tests to test people upon arrival. And that's why we are allowing people to get their own test within 72 hours of travel and then as long as they show proof of that when they arrive to the airport, then they will still be essentially just void the 14-day quarantine. But there's still a three-day window, right? When they're on the mainland where we're seeing big surges of COVID-19 community spread, you know, outbreaks of this right. virus. So there's still a time window that you could potentially catch COVID and still hop on a plane, still possibly infect people on that plane and then come to Hawaii to possibly start another outbreak. And we um, are still seeing, as our own local economy is opening up, we're still seeing slight influx of cases. Granted, those case amounts are not as drastic as the increases that we've seen on the mainland, but there's still small bumps and small, small clusters within our community, and we don't need to add to that. So I would say that if you are planning on coming starting August 1st to avoid the 14 days, get your test, obviously, uh, to avoid having to pay for two weeks in a hotel room, essentially. <laughs> Within those, the time you take your test and it's shown that you're negative, be smart about what you yeah. do. 
don't go out into crowded areas. Try to reduce the risk of you potentially being contracting the virus on your own, as well as continue to practice social distancing while you're up there and as well as when you're here in Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, I just want to interject too. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people here that may have it too. Like, although the visitors are coming here and they're testing negative, there's some of us mm-hmm. that could be positive here, you know, walking the streets. So it's important to, like what Spencer said, definitely still wear your mask, just be mindful, just be aware and respectful of the rules that are in place at restaurants or bars or hotels that are, you know, reopening up. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of businesses are kind of scrambling because in 30 days, they kind of have to be up and running again. You know, I have a few friends in the hotel industry and they probably aren't working until maybe this month now because everyone's like, all right, like the state approved people to come 30 days. Let's go. We got to get like (laughs) the rooms good. Like everything, you know, we have to rehire everybody now. Right. Like a little bit more of a heads up would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least, yeah. Um, so yeah, just, you know, if you are coming on August 1st, just just be mindful and respectful. Like people are still doing their best. You know, we are only informed as much as we do our research or as much as we watch the news. So Hawaii is going to be a little bit different uh, when you come. Just kind of like what Spencer said, just be mindful and aware. And that's kind of all we hope to ask for from people. The same can be said for the conservation stuff too. If you're going to go out, be mindful of the potential impact of your actions. Be mindful of your rubbish. Be mindful of your actions. Be mindful of your noise in neighborhoods and all that. Because yeah, we're here to have fun. Like We're both from Hawaii and we both like love to go out and have fun and kind of just... I hate to say do whatever, but do whatever in a way that doesn't hurt or harm the experience for other people as well as doesn't hurt or harm the experience for the environment. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii's best. We throw out this, this term ecotourism aligns with conservation. If we had to sum it up just from your guys's kind of, um, you know, dictionary, how would you define conservation? I guess for me as a photographer and, you know, growing up already with conservation in mind, there's, several principles that I follow. One is uh, leave no trace. And it's not just something that's unique to Hawaii. It's unique to the mainland. It's unique to everywhere around the world that has um, you know, very pristine natural areas. So if you just Google leave no trace, there's seven principles. I'm going uh, to run through them real quick. The first one is plan ahead and prepare. Second one is traveling camp on durable surfaces. Third is dispose of waste properly. Fourth is leave what you find. Five is minimize campfire impact. Six is respect wildlife. And seven is be considerate of other visitors. And if you just follow those seven principles, just regardless of what what you're doing, whether you're a photographer, fisherman, or you just want to, you know, just go out into the outdoors and have a have a good time and relax, then you know, following those principles will generally keep it keep you on the straight path. And those principles uh, kind of just go with the whole mindfulness thing to be mindful of your actions and how your actions are impacting the environment and the rest of the world around you. I think what's important about that, I mean, we're all living in this kind of COVID post, maybe COVID right now, who knows, but it's it's the same really mentality is thinking of, of other people. So obviously even wearing a mask, 
And also with, you know, social distancing, it's just kind of doing your part. And, and this is kind of an extension of what it means to do that when you're going out in nature as well. So I love that. Maddie, what about you, man? I just recently found out about Leave No Trace. And I think that they do a great job at kind of helping people who just don't know what to do. And it's okay not to know what to do because, you know, Hawaii is very different. And if I can just speak from like an emotional side, you know, when you're coming and visiting, like when you look at those rules that kind of Spencer just said to follow or kind of like guidelines to follow um, from anyone's blog or vlog or just kind of experience of Hawaii, just kind of have some empathy. You know, there's there's history here. There's history on the ground. There's history on every mountain and at, at every waterfall, you know. Be very lucky that the fact that like native Hawaiian people or like local people or some of us are okay with people like calling this place home or coming to visit and just kind of like also like making businesses and doing things here too. You know, Hawaii is definitely a beautiful place. You know, it's it's nothing like New York. It's nothing like California it's so much. You know, it's it's a lot different. And it's also a very tight-knit community. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're when you're coming here, when you're exploring, just have some empathy. Try to really understand like why people like or like organizations like Leave No Trace or Sustainable Coastlines or just people in general or like environmentalists kind of express leaving this place better than we found it and just kind of doing our part, you know, if we see something. So yeah, that's kind of what Spencer and I want to try and work on right now we're kind of just starting with social media but hoping to just kind of make a user-friendly kind of guide that's not very forceful for people to kind mm-hmm. of just look at and follow that way it's like you know like i said earlier it's like we are doing our part to the best that we can and then now it's kind of you're like up to you to do your part you know in my opinion like when people have have come here uh like other photographers and other artists, they really just feel Hawaii's love and the community yeah. and they feel like super happy and they totally understand like, okay, I get it now, you know, like I finally get it. Like this place is different and they leave different and some people fall in love here. So <laughs> just a side note, but that's, you know, it's cool. Yeah. You know, there's these guidelines for a reason. And until you come here and experience like, really the true beauty you know you'll you'll understand it's it's not so that we can monitor people it's just so <laughs> we can constantly just have somewhere beautiful to kind of escape to or go to you know in our lives i think that's well said man i mean because once you get it you get it right like yeah. for me my very first time on oahu was about maybe 15 years ago and my only kind of window into hawaii was Waikiki Diamond Head, that, you know, that iconic yep. shot. <laughs> uh-huh. And throughout these years, you know, and even talking to guys like you and and a lot of other friends on the islands, once you get it, once you see the beauty, once you see the love that locals and Hawaiians have for each other, their land, their culture, like you want to do your part in being a part of protecting that. I know that's speaking for myself and my family. Like we want to do whatever we can to protect and to honor such an amazing place. And I think that's why I definitely wanted to have you guys on today as we lead up to this reopening. Talking about conservation and talking about you guys have done every, you know, hike around the island and kind of captured every angle of Oahu. And and you kind of ventured out in some of the other 
islands as well. What are some things that you've seen that has kind of broken your heart? Like what are, what are some examples of when we talk about leaving no trace, what are some of the examples on the other end that you've seen that like, are there any, any examples that just kind of stick out as you're thinking about your, your time in, in shooting? I think we experience it a lot when we're out in the ocean and on the beaches. For me personally, I've, I've definitely seen like, I guess like plastic stuck in a turtle in the ocean. And I felt like I could not do anything about it because I can't touch turtle, right? And also it's swimming right. faster than me and it probably doesn't even know that it's stuck to this thing. I've also seen, you know, dolphins when, you know, just diving and swimming, kind of playing with plastic. I mean, like, what if they swallow it? You know, that's kind of like something out of our control. And, you know, one of my friends, they really tried their best to kind of get it off the dolphin. But at the same time, we we don't want to like touch marine life, you know, wild marine, <laughs> marine animals and marine life. So it kind of breaks my heart because it's like, wow, I really have to swim away. And I really don't know who to call. And I really can't do anything mm-hmm. about about it. And all I can hope for is that it somehow falls off their fin or somehow they just leave it alone. And it, But still, even if it does, it's, it's still in the ocean for another animal or another fish to kind of run into maybe, you know, so close yeah. to shore. So yeah, those are just kind of things. And, you know, oh, there's just like a couple beaches, like Spencer said, some beaches aren't maintained by the state. Oh man, there's like some beaches that just like trash everywhere. You know, I, me and my girlfriend have tried our best one day to like pick up a bunch of trash. And then I look down the beach and I just still see so much plastic and it's getting dark. And I'm like, oh man, I feel so weird leaving, you know, like, I guess I could stay, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we have obligations in in life that we have to do. And, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to walk down a stretch of like a two mile or three mile stretch of beach. That's just me alone. There's definitely some great organizations, but personal experiences, just things that I see, it's it's hard to walk away or it kind of breaks my heart because it's like, man, I'm from here. I'm like always speaking about, you know, these types of things, but here I am kind of walking away from the problem or, you know, the issue. Cause I feel like it's just too big for me to do alone. Yeah. Spencer. Going off that, I would definitely agree with Matt. Like all of the beaches that I go to, I'm always carrying a plastic bag because I know that there's trash going to be there. And I know that I'm going to leave with either a half bag full of trash or a full bag and possibly carrying bigger items alongside all of my camera gear. And it's sad that it gets to the point where I know that the next time that I'll be back, there will be trash and there will be possibly more or this uh, I expect it at this point. So it's sad that it gets to that point. But Matt left off with the with the notion that, you know, this problem is too big for a lot of us as individuals to do by ourselves. And that's why we're both trying to work on inspiring the, at least the, the local creative community here because we're so tight knit, everybody knows each other. And if we all are preaching efforts of conservation and being mindful and adventuring responsibly, then hopefully we can have a bigger collective voice than any of our voices could carry on our own. And hopefully that that voice is translated not just within our own creative community, but you know, possibly to the local public 
of Hawaii. And then once the local public of Hawaii starts sharing all of these messages of messages of conservation, then it can go into the tourism industry. And then eventually, hopefully, people will travel to Hawaii with all of these things in mind because it's a, a part and it's ingrained within their culture to you know be environmentally conscious when they're traveling to Hawaii or when they're, they're going out to nature anywhere, not just here. And I think you're starting to see some of that, but even yeah. more marketing behind that is going to be important. So leaving no trace means you you probably aren't going to, you know, take rocks or take a turtle with you. You're just going to leave footprints and make memories. Mm-hmm. And since we have you guys, some amazing professional photographers, if someone is, you know, doing a hike and they want to capture that memory, what are some photography tips? Maybe even like talking about a smartphone or if someone has like a simple camera, what are some tips, maybe some photography 101 tips that you would give someone to help them be able to capture these memories even better? I think I honestly try too hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think Spencer, like if you look at Spencer's account, it's very more like, I feel like it's more natural in my opinion. Like, I feel like I, I used to try so hard to get like, a nice frame and composition. I think for me, it comes from feeling. I think like the best photos are the ones that are like close to your heart, that you hold close to your heart. Like the moments, like you, you're watching like a sunrise at Chinaman's Hat and like you basically see something so beautiful. Just bring out your phone, get a low angle and kind of just shoot it. I think that's like the best iPhone tip that I can give. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no real way to take a photo. I think Instagram does a really bad job at like having everyone compare each other's work to each other, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh man, I have to get it this specific way. But honestly, over time, it's just, man, if you like this photo, that's the best photo. You know, if you right. like the way it looks for you and it makes you happy, then that's all that really matters. You want to leave Hawaii like remembering the good things. You know, you don't want to leave and be like, man, I could have captured that sun sunrise better. Like, I wish I did it <laughs> like this. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there's some like hikes that I do or, or sunrises that I do. I really just don't put up my camera at all. I'm just so captured by nature. And I really mean that, like not to be like yeah. kind of dramatic, but... It's it's real. Like we sometimes we just have to realize where we live in such a beautiful place. And then at that point I'm like the model of the shoot because I don't want to take photos. <laughs> but all my other friends don't want to take photos. I'm always the one telling Matt, go stand over there while you just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's kind of just my take. Like don't 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 worry so much about the shot if you can't yeah. figure it out or can't get it within ten minutes. At that point, like find a cool angle, take a photo with your iPhone, kind of just enjoy the moment. And if you're like a professional photographer coming to visit, just bring a bag with you and leave nothing in your car because there's a lot of break-ins. But yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. For yeah. me, like me personally, I just bring one backpack, everything that's in like that I want to like use to take these photos or these videos and then like a banana because at least I can dispose <laughs> of the banana, you know? Yeah, that's great. I mean, if you see something and and it's more about something that sparks joy, you know, capturing that memory, you touched on something. It's kind of ironic. Like you take this hike with the intent to, you know, I got to get the shot. I got to get the shot. Like, oh, it's five minutes late. And, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's, it's about being present and it's about, you know, like you mentioned, like sometimes you, you just leaving the camera, you know, 
and just say, I'm just going to go out and I'm just, I just need to reconnect. I just need to refocus. And Hawaii is such an important and special place to be able to do that. I think that's brilliant, Maddie. Yeah. Spencer, what about you, man? I can't really follow that up, but just to kind of second what Matt said on social media and like if you've, even with us photographers, we sometimes do get lost with just doing whatever it is that we're doing for the Instagram picture for the gram and just, just going strictly for the photos and just solely putting all of our time, effort and focus into getting that, getting that one shot. But I think that a practice that, you know, it goes, it doesn't just relate to the photography field. It can relate to anything, but you have to get into touch with your emotions first. What is it about this that is making you tick? What is it about what's in front of you that draws your attention to it, makes you feel a certain emotion? And then frame your image based upon that emotion first mm. before you, you know, put your time and your effort focused on your composition, focused on, you know, your, your subject and all this technical stuff that comes with photography and getting the shot. And then once you're kind of like in tune with your emotions and you're in tune with like nature and you are in that flow state of engaging with nature and that interplay between your emotions and nature, you can take a shot and that shot will have more meaning to you personally. If you're just running out and like with a headless chicken, which, you know, me and Maddie are guilty of, you know, just holding down the shutter button on our cameras and just pointing it in every <laughs> single direction. You might get a good shot, you know, you, you might capture something that's really powerful, but you won't feel anything when you look at that image. You'll just be like, oh yeah, that was a nice sunrise or a nice view that we were looking at. So definitely get into touch with your emotions first. And then when you do take that image, then whatever, whether it's good technically or not, you'll have more emotional attachment to it and you'll be happier with the results. Uh, yeah. I just want to interject and say like for people uh -huh. listening, like, we're not perfect. You know, we have made our mistakes. That's kind of how I know is because I've made like mistakes or maybe I just wasn't fully aware, mindful of where I was. And I was just so focused on just like getting like that shot for those future pages and for these likes and for more followers. Yeah. And, you know, over time, it's photography has definitely helped me shift and change my perspective on how I see like my home in Hawaii. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's different when you're like growing up here. It's like, oh, this this place is home. Like we don't know anywhere else until we go there. <laughs> so we kind of just have that innocent mindset. And then when we realize like, oh, our home is actually a travel destination spot for everybody pretty much around right. the world. That we we kind of have to understand like what we're doing. So yeah, I just want to say like, we're not perfect. You know, uh, we're not trying to tell people like what to do because, you know, we're from here and we don't want you to be doing these things too we have learned over the past few years definitely as photographers more and more about home and how to take care of our place and how to do it the right way yeah and when you're doing the hike and when you're you got your phone and you got your camera or whatever you know don't forget about the kids too <laughs> yeah don't, don't let your kids fall off don't the cliff kid, or anything seriously though <laughs> oh yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> safety is always the priority Safety's first safety yep. is first for sure but I think that for photographers and for just regular people, whenever you're trying to take a photo, just fill the frame, fill your screen with whatever it is that you like. And whatever is, is calling to you, whatever's speaking to you, whatever's tugging at your emotions to get back to the emotional side of it, just put that in your frame. And that's going to be a way better photo than if you try and, you know, 
again, emulate somebody else's photo. Fill whatever it is that is tugging to you. Fill your frame with whatever it is that makes you happy. And then you'll end up with a great photo. Love it. One of the questions I love to you know, ask anyone who comes on the show is if someone is traveling to Hawaii for the first time, or they've been coming year after year and maybe creating the same, you know, the same vacation year after year, what is something that you would want somebody to know to come into the islands? Maybe something, you know, to do, to not to do, or go eat here, go hike there. What would you say to that? What not to do is to not just stay in Waikiki. (laughs) I think... If you are coming here for the first time, definitely adventure out to all parts of the island. Go to Kulo Ranch, go to the Polynesian Cultural Center, go to some cheesy luau's because at least you'll get to experience, you know, some form of culture of Hawaii. That's more than just kind of what you see in Waikiki. Learn how to surf, go to like volunteer at a Loi patch or work Ooh, like that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe find a beach cleanup. I mean, you know, because this is... I love that, yeah. This is what Hawaii is, you know? Like, this is kind of like our community, our culture. Yeah, at least just experience one of those things. And I think if you can do that, then that's like the best thing that you can do. Try out poke. It's poke. It's not poke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just try something different, you know, than you did last time. Or if it's your first time here, try everything. It's It's so cool to try and experience a sunrise, a sunset, like new food, like new experience, um, a new hike. And yeah, if you want to get specific on like places for food and hikes, you can just, I guess, message us separately or talk to Brian because Brian has a lot of information on that stuff. I would just second everything Maddie said. Just try different things, you know, like if if you're traveling here, you're only here for X amount of time. And sometimes you can get so caught up with having everything that you want to do jam-packed into like one or two weeks. But, you know, the culture about living here in Hawaii is, you know, really relaxed. So don't overdo it. Don't try to kill yourself. And, you know, like this is meant to be a place of rest and relaxation and healing. So don't be, you know, constantly grinding and trying to burn yourself out just because you only have uh, X amount of time. If you try to do that, you're kind of like taking yourself out of the experience. You're not immersing yourself and really taking the time to experience what each unique opportunity has to give you. So be mindful of the things that are going on around you. Be mindful of the activities and be mindful of yourself. Be be mindful of, you know, if you're feeling dead, you know, take a day and go to the spa, you know, relax, <laughs> chill out because you may not get to experience every little nook and cranny of the island but even we locals that have been living here haven't haven't done that so take it easy enjoy yourself enjoy your time in this beautiful place and take care of yourself well guys i appreciate you and taking the time in this conversation i think it's super important spencer how can people connect with you find you yeah um if people want to you know just talk to me follow me see my photos um i'm pretty much spencer lee 808 on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Dayflash, Snapchat, whatever. It's Spencer Lee 808. I recently started a YouTube channel under the same name, Spencer Lee 808. So I have one vlog up there now. So if you want to check that out, I guess YouTube, you can get a lot more personal with the creator. So you get to see like more or less the stuff that goes on around all of our little adventures. I'm really into YouTube now. 
And then if you want to buy a print, you can check out my website. This time, drop the 808. So it's just spencerleephotography.com. No 808 there. But everywhere else, it's Spencer Lee 808. Professional. <laughs> Not as professional as Maddie, but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> Maddie, what about you? So it's Matt A. Leong at Instagram if you guys just want to follow me or just talk more about these types of things that we did on the podcast. And if you just have any questions, really, don't be afraid to reach out and connect. Don't be afraid to ask questions either. My website is maddieleong.com. Uh, you can find like the print section there. It just takes you to my Darkroom account. Darkroom is a third-party website. They're really good um, if other photographers are listening to this to help me like process prints faster than if I just did it manually. So they're really good. Um, I was donating my prints, actually like all of them recently, to organizations helping and supporting Black Lives Matter. Darkroom is actually waiving their fee for me so that everyone who buys through my darkroom website right now, 100% will just be donated. That's awesome. Yeah. I was actually really surprised that like a website would do that or like a company. Yeah. How, how long does that run for? It's still going. I, oh, okay. You know, because yeah, I, I just want to donate the money that I raised from Prince right now. Like I don't necessarily, you know, need the money. I'm, I'm very blessed to work with like one or two clients right now that are providing enough for me. Uh-huh. So everything right now is just being donated. We have raised over a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That's great, man. Yeah. But yeah, so you can find my print shop through my website, maddieleong.com. And I also have a YouTube channel, but I didn't post anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> Video is a different beast. But um, yeah, if you guys yeah. want to follow me on YouTube, it's just Maddie Leong. Great. Well, guys, I truly appreciate you guys. And, and thank you so much for this time and this conversation. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for having us. You got it. Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank Maddie and Spencer again for their time today. I had a blast. I hope that you found value in it. We're going to link everything in the show notes. So you can just go to hawaiisbesttravel.com slash episode 34. And you can find all the things that we mentioned today, specifically going to lnt.org. That's leave no trace behind That's what Spencer mentioned about the seven principles about leaving no trace. So go to lnt.org to find that information. But the easiest way to get all the information and not remember it all, just go to hawaiisbesttravel.com slash episode 34, and it'll be right there for you. My biggest key takeaway in today's episode was simply this, being present. No matter where you're at, if you're at home or if you are just going on a simple hike, is just being present. Yeah, it could be cool to, you know, get the shot. But the most important thing is creating memories. When you go to Hawaii and you go to rejuvenate, make memories, it's really about the experience and it's about being present and in the moment. And if you can capture it in the moment, then that's like cherry on top. But if sometimes if you miss the perfect sunset or you miss the perfect sunrise or whatever, it's more about being present. But what I love about these guys is even though they're amazing photographers in Hawaii, even they say like sometimes you just have to leave the camera behind and just go experience the hike, go experience just the swim or whatever you're doing, just experience it. And that's what Hawaii is all about. And I can't wait for all of us to get to travel again. So to stay up to date on when that's happening and to follow Spencer's, follow Maddie, go to hawaiisbesttravel.com slash episode 34 and it'll be all there. 
Well, I just want to say thank you again for joining us today on this episode. And until next time, be well. Aloha. Thanks for listening to Hawaii's Best Travel Podcast. To stay up to date on future episodes, be sure to subscribe. For more information to help you plan your next trip to Hawaii, visit hawaiisbesttravel.com.